back in Superflex City, back in the commissioner's office, back with Dynasty Outhouse. I'm Superflex Dude. Russ, today we get to talk. Honestly, this is this is one of my favorite. Uh, favorite might be a strong word. This is this is one of the topics that I'm the most passionate about. Uh, Interesting. Okay. We're, we're going to talk about tanking. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we've been, it, we've called this the pursuit of the sweet spot. To me, there's not really a sweet spot. No, this is very, to- this is very black or white. I think <laughs> you're right on that one. And, and I think that uh, I'm, I, I don't know about you. I, I mean, I kind of know where you stand on this. Um, I'm the opposite, opposite extreme of pretty much everyone. So, <laughs> like, um, you know, so, so, I mean, I'll, I'll just lay it out there. Like, I'm just so pro tanking, like no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I, I don't have any problem. Like, I don't have any guidelines as far as, you know, what is an optimal lineup look like? Like if, if, as long as you have living, breathing human beings in your lineup, that's all I care about. So, but like. You know, uh, so this would be a pretty short episode if we just left it oh, there. So I mean, you, you know, nothing we do ends up being short, regardless of how short we think it's going to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So we've got to drag this out like we always do. And so we'll go ahead and represent the other side of it uh, in this episode. Um, we can also talk about some... Uh, you know, some some not only some anti-tanking measures, uh, but kind of some of the things that, you know, that that result in, you know, when you're trying to motivate people to actually set a valid lineup mm-hmm. and actually play to win. Uh, we mm-hmm. can get into the toilet bowl a little bit as a continuation of uh, last week when we talked about playoffs, playoff structures. Um, you know, things like that. So there's, there's kind of a lot to get to here, Mm -hmm. but like I said, I, I, I just want to lay it out there for everybody, you know, before we, before we really start to unpack this, let's just start with that. I don't see any reason for anybody ever to tell anybody else how to run their roster and you know how to manage their roster, how to set their lineup. Like regardless, even even if you're if you're benching Christian McCaffrey and putting in you know Tevin Coleman and getting you know his one or two points, I, I, I'm still I'm totally fine with that because that's the best thing for your roster. So just just to you know just to start with that baseline, like that's kind of my philosophy on this. I am pretty much with you. All right. Yeah. First of all, I do want to say that the last episode got me in trouble with my co-host uh, right <laughs> after he listened to it. Rocky DMs me and he's like, all right, we're going to have to talk about this on Trade Addicts because everything you said, I feel the opposite. And I'm like, bring it on, boy. <laughs> bring it. Okay. But let's 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 stick to tanking. I am completely with you. It is not the commissioner's job to tell GMs how to run their teams. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, there is, okay, let's complete, let's start from the beginning. The actual definition of tanking, Mm -hmm. it, at least to me is doing things to make you lose is pretty much the simplest way I can come out with it. You want to lose because you want to get the worst standings to get first pick in the rookie draft. Mm -hmm. So there's many thousands and hundreds of thousands of ways to actually tank. But again, the idea of tanking, at least to me, is losing on purpose. Now, there are degrees of which you can allow tanking. Because like I know we said it's very black or white. But I guess nothing super black or white. Because, I mean, like you said, you don't care if you're starting Tevin Coleman over Christian McCaffrey. You don't have any sort of verbiage in your bylaws. Mine say create your what do I it's like create a decent lineup I can't even remember what it is but it's pretty much comp- yeah competitive it's pretty much like, like the, the don't be a dick policy where <laughs> yes my league is like it's I, I 
pandered, that's the word, I pandered to the middle on this when I was creating my bylaws because I was still at the time where I wanted to make everyone happy. Uh, and it just says... You don't anymore? Uh, would like, I create this? I, this, I, I'm this not is gonna news change. to me, by the way. Like, I, I would well, let liked... me say this I'm not going to change. Like, if I when I create Trade Addicts 10 next year because I need to have an even number because I'm insane, <laughs> it's it's not going to allow tanking. It's just going to have the same rules as all the other ones just because it's part of a series. And I'm not going to do anything too different in the series because, sure, for a part of I, I like being able to, like, the reason I talk about the trades on the show, and I used to run trade polls for every single trade. But that was also when there was three or four leagues uh, is because I loved seeing the values between the leagues. So that's why I want everything to be as similar as humanly possible. But in my and really, again, the only reason I get that's just it again a whole lot. Like the reason that I said must set a competitive lineup is a because I didn't want to deal with people being pissed off. B, it seems like a much bigger. It always seems like a bigger problem than you realize that it is that uh, with tanking and stuff like that it's like the, i think i called it the boogeyman of fantasy football last show <laughs> where it's just uh, everyone thinks it's gonna be such a huge problem like quicksand you think it's gonna be such a huge problem but then you're just like oh i've, I've never seen quicksand in my adult life okay <laughs> that's a little let down right but so there is saying zero tanking meaning you have to set your best lineup you have to you have to do waiver claims. You have to do this. You have like you. You can tell people they have to do so much, but at some point, that's exhausting to police. Like, do you really want to go through everyone's lineup and say, "Why did you start this guy instead of that guy?" First of all, I am awful at setting lineups. Why would I be able to ask someone why they made a decision? Yeah. And second of all, like, what if having Coleman scores three touchdowns that game, and Christian McCaffrey busts his ankle two two plays in, like? Okay, that's, you know, you scored more points. It's the same thing with trade vetoes. You don't do it because you don't know better than anyone else. And yes, okay, you can come out and say, clearly starting Tevin Coleman over Christian, I love how we're sticking to this one example. (laughs) Starting Tevin Coleman over Christian McCaffrey is bad process in every way, shape, or form, regardless of the matchup. Still, Mm -hmm. it's not my place to tell you how to run your team. Yeah. Um, When it comes to, like... You can't force anyone to make waiver claims. You can't force anyone to trade. You can't. The only thing you could do is you have to set a competent lineup. You have to set a complete lineup. You can't start anyone that is on a buy, anyone that is injured, or marked as out, or on IR. Those are at least settings in the league. The have to start the full league, can't start people's on buy have to start the full lineup. That's the word. Can't start people on buys and stuff like that. That's at least something you just put in your settings. That's not something you have to police. But man, like I, I, I would never want to have to go through lineups. Um, like I said, in my leagues, it just says you need to start a competitive lineup. And I have never once looked through a league to make sure that's happening. If someone comes to me complaining, I'll go, I'll talk to them. Like I've literally never made any assumptions. I literally just Hey, it looks like you didn't set your lineup. I want to make sure you're alive and well. Everything okay? Yeah. Please set your lineups from now on. (laughs) Like that's that's literally my discussion, and it's never had to go further than that. Um, uh, Oh, there was even once with you, you jerk, where you didn't start your lineup. I'm like, dude, you can't tank. He's like, oh, never mind. All right, I'll set my lineup from now on, and that was literally the end of it. He's like, I didn't, I didn't read the rules, so I just didn't do it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I forgot about that until I started talking. That's awesome. Yeah, I always forget about that one too. That was it was such a like a, a small kind of blip on the radar, yeah. but because like you said, I mean, so if if tanking is is quicksand, like trade activity is like hypertension and high blood pressure, like it's that's just, everywhere. Yeah. it's just stuff that you don't think about until you get there, and then it's like uh, it's an actual problem that you deal with like on a daily basis, but like. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know you 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 don't really think all that much about it but like it is pretty easy to just I mean just just you know just set a basic rule here's the problem and and here's why the quicksand analogy also it works on another level is because like once you once you actually do get into you know the quicksand that is you're setting precedence. You know, and yeah, yeah. And every move you make just kind of makes it worse, right? Yep. You're like now you're in the quicksand. Now you start making these these little rules to try and make things better. 
um, you know, and, and try and make it harder to tank or, you know, whatever the, whatever it is, whatever your goal is. And, you know, and then you find out that there's, it's like, where do you draw the line on that rule? And now you have to make another rule. And next thing you know, you've got all these stupid little things that are trying to define, you know, what's the difference between tanking and, you know, just, you know, like actively losing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What's the difference between like, you know, trying to lose and losing because you suck, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I could, you know, Sterling Shepard could have the best matchup possible and I start him over, you know, like Calvin Ridley, who has the worst matchup possible, and clearly Calvin Ridley's very good, so he scores three touchdowns anyway. Sterling Shepard probably pulls a hammy because that's what he does every other game. And all of a sudden it looks like I'm cheating, where it's like, no, I, I really thought that this was the right move to make, and you're telling me I'm cheating by trying. <laughs> you know, that's right. But no, okay, we're getting a little too into the deep before. Okay, so let's step back a little bit. Why do we try to police tanking? Mm-hmm. Because, th- at least from what I can say, people think it's unfair to the rest of the league when one team gets a free win. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Let's put this into perspective. You are assuming you are playing 12 team, 13 weeks. Everyone's getting a free win. And then it's completely random. The other two or three teams math isn't my friend at the moment, depending you know, if you push your league back till week eight, 17 or whatever, like, so yes, a couple of extra teams will get that free win. But let's start from the beginning. But it's not like the NFL. Yes, it is. Teams tank in the NFL all the damn time. So this happens, you know, for the past 15 years when you played the Browns, you're like, oh, free win. So it's just, you know, it absolutely happens in the real league. So it's not a reason to try and stomp out tanking. Um, Every, we spent a lot of time last week talking about getting the best teams into the playoffs. Assuming you take advantage of any of those strategies, that's the word, one win won't matter. You know, it's it would be very rare at that point that one extra win when you're like one of those two or three teams that plays that tanking team at the end, there's a very small chance that one win will matter. And second of all, assuming you are the league that makes you start a full lineup regardless of if you're tanking or not, there's still a chance that team's going to win a game or two. I mean, even it, it's very, very, very hard to go. Oh, in 16 or Oh, in 13 in fantasy, like NFL teams, no matter how bad they are, find a way to win a game every once in a while. You mm-hmm. know, there's, that's why there's not a lot of Oh, in 16 teams. And I started making my argument when I meant to just list things that this is, see, this is rough. Like it. Uh, <laughs> so why else do we try and fight tanking? Uh, quote unquote, for the good of the league, you know, for, uh, I, I, I blanked on the other words I'm trying to think of, um, but for the good of the league, yeah. at least personally, I don't think tanking hurts the league. Uh, what is it? Competitive I, balance, I guess, is kind of, yeah, I guess the, the parody of the league, because uh, the idea balance, is, but like the thing is you're losing, not because you have fun donating your money. Yeah. You're losing because you're going to get Trevor Lawrence on your team and that's going to help you win in the future. So why not let someone donate their money for two years to build up draft picks to hopefully become good. And chances are if they're bad at it, they're just going to keep donating money. And there's going to be, there has to be bad teams in every league, whether it's because they tank because they suck or just bad luck for, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple of years like you know odell beckham was your 101 in your startups in 2015 and you just never let him go you're kind of screwed with your first round pick i mean that's just sort of the way it goes he never paid off after that so it it could just be being bad there's i i'm just it goes back to the beginning again i'm making my argument that it's just you don't tell people what to do with their teams um so let's hold on i'm trying to think if there's what other ways are there to tank um are you going to start just telling people what kind of trades they could make? Like, again, I'm forming it in a way that's making my argument. This is so frustrating. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's okay. I mean, there's... I, I, I feel like because we're trying to give... We're not trying to make an argument. We're trying to give people information. Yeah. Okay, so one of the ways to tank, especially if you use potential points, we talked about this a little bit last week, and it's another thing Rocky wanted to fight me about. 
the only way to tank with potential points is to trade away anyone that can score points. Yeah. And you're going to have to trade them for guys that won't, but meaning like they're draft picks or guys that are so low on the depth chart that they're on everyone else's taxi squad. Like you're, that's not helping competitive balance in your league either. That's technically not tanking because they're making what would hope to be fair value trades. If they're not making fair value trades, that's another discussion completely. Um, But still it's a way they're managing their team so they can get a worse roster to get less wins to get the, Mm -hmm. the one-on-one. So like there's different, you can't, so policing lineups, policing trades, you can't force someone to set, spend their fab. Like honestly, I almost never do, and it's not because I'm tanking. It's because a I'm in too many leagues and I forget to check, or b I just I'm waiting for that guy, and that guy usually never shows. Like I'm waiting for Darren Waller. I'm waiting for C.J. Anderson or Damian Williams at the end of the season, and then I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> all right, well it's the end of the season. I have all my fab. Let me spend all of it on some third string running back because I have it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like there's. There's so many aspects that it's like you said, your bylaws are going to become a freaking novel and it's too much work for, I don't think enough payoff because again, I'm making my argument Um, (laughs) because again, there there's going to be bad teams for whatever the reason is. Now, if you want, I have in my rules that you need to start a competitive lineup that no players on buys, no injury, mostly because I also want teams that are tanking to still pay attention. Like, I I think that was part of it also because like I tanked hard in capitalist pigs and it worked. I got the one-on-one. I have the most money in the league by a couple hundred pig dollars, which is a big deal. And I barely looked at the league this year, you know, (laughs) because I knew I could leave Josh Rosen and like all these other guys that aren't even playing in my lineups and I don't need to do anything. So I didn't really offer trades as much as I off, uh, usually do in all my other leagues. I didn't, I barely touched the wire unless I saw that there was some, that, that was the one time I did like try and grab third round, third string guys, because hopefully they become a thing next year. But like, still like it kind of ruins activity in the league when you're just not paying attention whatsoever. Of course it paid off and now I'm going to play, pay a lot of attention because I'm hoping to get every single rookie this year. so so like there's again there i guess there is sort of a sweet spot in this where it depends what the rest of your league is like and what the point is where if it's like a big money league hell allow tanking allow any form of it because a policing a high money league absolutely you should be terrified of setting precedents because people are gonna look for loopholes so you might as well make it as wide open as possible just be like you do you buddy if you want to join a $250 a year league and just give me your money because you're tanking. Why am I mad about that? Yeah. Again, making an argument. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's go, let's take a step so, back. Okay. No, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I just, so I guess uh, here's the thing, like the argument for tanking or for anti-tanking measures, I suppose is to me, it's, it's kind of as simple as this. The, you know, the, the idea behind reverse standings for the rookie order, you know, the mm-hmm. idea is that we're supposed to be giving kind of a step up to the worst team. We're supposed yeah. to be sending them a lifeline with the first overall pick in the rookie draft, you know, and, and they end up with Trevor Lawrence or Saquon Barkley, you know, some, somebody, uh, Corey Davis, Nikhil Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I mean, I drafted both of that number one a lot. So it's, that's a self burn, if anything. (laughs) Well, and, and so this is the most pseudo analysis you're ever going to get from me. But like, I, I, I do believe that there's, that there is a little, that there's, not even just a little bit. I think that there's karma all over the damn place in fantasy football. <laughs> I, oh, the, I, I, yes, the fa- you will it, never the, hear me say this in a broader sense, but the fantasy gods absolutely exist, and yeah. they are jerks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. So you know where I say you know let people tank, like that's my official position is just let them do it. However, they're going to do it. 
part of that is, you know, the, the, the fine print on that is, you know, karma is going to kick their ass for that. So let them, let them, let them do it. You know, and the truth let is them get the one one but even this year, because, you know, we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a, a great quarterback, but was it really worth it to, you know, to trade away some of your win now pieces to get Trevor Lawrence when you just as easily could have ended up with, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or yeah you know. I mean also assuming that you you draft the 101 correctly because yes we're happy with Joe Burrow but if you were a decent team you got freaking Justin Herbert yeah. and you know I forgot man I forgot what show I was talking about this on because I'm, I jump on way too many podcasts like last I don't know if it was us last week but like humble brag no that's just me <laughs> talking too much and invite I, I invite myself onto people's shows so it's not like people think of me uh, and I just I start hosting them because you know that's a reason for me to jump on is because I take over their show uh, like when you go back to the 2017 draft that makes me cry because of <laughs> thankfully I did not draft a single Laquan Treadwell but I drafted a lot of Corey Coleman and Josh Doxson yeah but when you think of that rookie draft you know, you had, I think that was Zeke right where he was the one on one and that was nice yeah. and easy but you had Zeke, Treadwell, Coleman, Doxson were like the top four. Then you had Derek Henry. Henry. Yeah. And then you Which had took Sterling. forever to pay off. Like, oh man, I held that so felt hard like a bust for like, it. like the first three years felt like a bust. You yes. Know? <laughs> um, but then you had Sterling Shepard and then you had Michael Thomas. Yeah. Like having the one on one isn't always the best player. And if you are doing a rebuild just on drafts, not only is it going to take forever. But it's going to take even longer because you're not getting every pick right. So tanking to get the 101 is only part of the process. What if they tanked for the 101 so they can start trading? Like I have the 101. It, I didn't. I love dispersals, but you know, because I grabbed someone else's first in the dispersal, and I have the 101. Even though I have this is a this is a straight up brag. This is not a humble brag. Uh, <laughs> Allen, Burrow, and Baker. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't need. Uh, a quarterback right now. So I took the 101, I traded down to the 102 and got Terry McLaurin. I, I added more on my side, but regardless. And now I'm trying to trade from the 102 back to like the 105 so I can get a chance for Najee or or Chase or something. Because again, my team is good. I just happen to have the 101 because from a trade. So like, but assuming you have a bad team and you earned the 101, mm -hmm. but let's say you have Kirk Cousins and Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, you need a quarterback, but maybe you need a whole lot more than that. It's like, why would the Falcons take a quarterback at four when they have so many freaking holes that, and they're into money on Matt Ryan? I know I killed the evergreen of this show again, mm -hmm. but why draft a quarterback when you? The real answer is to move back and get anything on top of that you can move back mm -hmm. in the first, grab a few seconds in the first, you know, next year, because you have so many things wrong with your team that you need more than just one pick. So again, why I enjoy, you know, I'm okay with the idea of tanking. Enjoying was really the wrong word is because it's not the end all be all. And especially in a league called trade addicts league, the one-on-one doesn't usually stay with the one-on-one. Like I, I would love to right now be not lazy and go through every single league and tell you if, how many, if any, the one-on-one is owned by the worst team in the league. And I could think of four off the top of my head that is not. Yeah. So, and, and that's just because those are the only ones I can remember right now. But so, again, tanking isn't the biggest deal because it doesn't always, A, do what the person work. wants it to do. <laughs> yeah. Because some people are not thinking straight and tank even though they don't have their own one they don't have their own first but also because it again it doesn't always work out well and three or c i don't think i even started with numbers or letters i think i just said then it's just, it's just the first step in getting a pick and not what you do with it so yeah. there's so much more involved that i just i don't think it matters but again that's not really what we're here for um so let's let's and take a step back again so we talked about you know, trading away players to tank, we and there's no way to really way to police that. We talked about a few ways you can police setting lineups, at least that isn't too heavy on commissioner work, because especially with MFL, it's just settings you can check. So they can't start inactive people in any way, shape, or form, be it health or bye weeks and stuff like that. But let's talk about standings, because that's really, I think, the biggest conversation. Because like, and you brought up 
reverse order of standings being the draft pick. You do want to make the worst teams best. Worst teams get better. How you define worst team is a lot of what comes into play right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to the argument we made last week about potential points. Potential points, again, just to put it out there, is literally your best ball score. At the end of every week, it takes your top, you know, we have 10 starters. It takes your top 10 scores based on positional requirements, and that's your potential points. The points you could have potentially scored if you set your best lineup. First and foremost, I've said it before, this show, and I've said it probably every single show I've ever been on. I am really bad at setting lineups. Mm-hmm. Like when pe- anytime someone DMs me asking me a start sit question, I'm like, you probably, there are better people to ask, but if you still want my opinion, here it is. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's not my deal. I'm not great at it. I quadruple guess everything. And I just go like, uh, that guy. And, and I end up being wrong. So that's, that's one of the reasons I don't like potential points because the kind of owner, sorry, the kind of GM you are matters. Part of the power ranking module on my fantasy league shows your efficiency at setting lineups. And pretty usually mine's bad. The only time I once had the, uh, in the dynasty diagnostic championship league, I had the highest efficiency. It's literally because I had zero depth. I had starters and that was it. So, I mean, that made me look good, (laughs) but (laughs) it's, it's a facade. It's a lie. I just didn't have choices to make. So like, that's one of the big reasons I don't like potential points. Besides the silly little things of Dan Arnold going off in week 16, and I know that could happen to anyone at any given week, but I think GMs run their teams how good they are. You know, teams, I mean, again, I, I draw it back to the NFL, even though I hate saying, well, this is how the NFL does it, but, like, NFL teams with bad GMs, do bad in the NFL. So like fantasy players, fantasy teams with bad GMs can also do bad. Like they should be allowed to do bad. Mm-hmm. And you also have to assume if they're bad at it, getting the one-on-one, one-on-two, they might screw it up. Yeah. You know, so it's all part of the game that trying to flatten out the competition doesn't make for a good league. Like that's boring. You want good teams. You want bad teams. You want teams in the middle. You want if everybody's flat, you're not going to get activity. It's just going to get stale because why make trades with someone that's the exact same team as you? I mean, yeah. at that point, you're getting to, oh, I like this player better than that player, even though they're the same tier. Let's just swap them. And that's ugh, that's a show that I can complain about. Um, so so like that that's my big argument against potential points is I just gm skill should be brought into account and i know potential points probably is the best way to do your rookie order to take away tanking because it literally is how your team scored how your best player scored but the problem is that doesn't account for a like let's pretend i am a team that logs in does my rookie draft sets my lineup that's literally it yeah. What if I took James Robinson in the fifth just because I, oh, look, that guy plays running back, so I'm just going to take him. And all of a sudden, I'm scoring points uh, in my potential points, even though I did nothing worthwhile to earn those points. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, it just, it, it's, 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 that team is still bad. That team is still run badly. So, in all accounts, to me, it still should just get the one on one. Like, it should be a bad team. They shouldn't get, things shouldn't get, changed by luck that's what we go so out of our way to fix my in my other problem with potential points and i'm i maybe i'll have to dm rocky or something and and get the other side on it and because i also acknowledged it last week that i don't totally understand potential points but so there's there's kind of two issues with it that i have um and this is based on my understanding of it but i i I think I'm correct on this. So first of all, potential points kind of kicks in later in the season. Like that's what you start going off of for the non, for the non playoff teams. That's, and that's the other part of it that I have an issue with is that we're only measuring the non playoff teams Mm -hmm. off of, uh, off of potential points. So it basically turns into a best ball league for the teams that are not headed to the playoffs. Mm 
mm-hmm. but the teams that are going to the playoffs are still they're essentially they're playing a totally different game. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that we've got you know that we've got two different two different sets of standards for you know for each half of the league. And I don't like that we're kind of changing the way we calculate points, wins, losses, things like that, you know, mid-season or beyond. Like I don't. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not changing wins or losses. It's literally just at the end of the season, you look at the total, and then you yeah. reverse the total, and the least amount of potential points, meaning the le- the team that scored the least, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because technically points four is only the guys you set. So the team that scored the least best ball points gets the earliest pick. Right. See, the problem with that to me is, I think we're still cha- so we're still changing it kind of midstream, is is part of it, you know, because it, when you, you start realize it, you're not making the playoffs, you sort of change your strategy as to how yeah. to get the better pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know where? So part of the argument against tanking is the fact that you know, so in a 13 week season and there's 11 teams, you're going to play somebody twice, you know? So if I'm, if, if, you know, you're a, you're a contender, we don't obviously know that for sure in week one. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a good team that I think I can take to the playoffs. Um, We play each other in week one and, you know, I, and then, and I beat you. I guess it doesn't even have to be that we play each other twice necessarily. That's that's not even the point here. But like I I beat you in week one, right? And then my team just gets destroyed by injuries. And now you've got one you've got a loss already on your record. You're still headed to play. Like you know, fast forward to week, you know, to week eleven, week twelve, whatever. You're headed to the playoffs. I have gone into basically into tank mode. And now somebody else who's also competing with you for that playoff spot gets to play me when I'm tanking. They get a free win, you know, where you had to play me at my best. And and it caused you to lose. And because of that, I mean, it's basically a two-win swing that's going to keep you out of the playoffs. I beat you, and then I'm giving your, you know, your, your competitor for that sixth spot a free win, essentially. Like that's the argument for anti-tanking measures. And to me, like potential points kind of does the same thing, you know, because my process changed from week one to week 11. If, you know, so now my, the, the fact that I was winning games early in the season, I beat a competitive team. I beat a playoff team in week one. And now you know, because I did that now my potential points are going to be too high for me to get the one one even though my team was just ravaged with injuries. And the best thing for my team would be for me to, you know, complete the tank job late in the season and get that one one But here's exactly, but also here's potential points gives me as a GM who is trying to lose mm-hmm. no motivation to set a lineup right like so what you're saying is if we're going to use potential points you need to have multiple layers of anti-tanking rules in because like at that point because like oh i like john i just won't set a lineup (laughs) you know i'll put in some bye week guys i'll put in my lower levels because what's the difference it's not going to change my draft order doesn't matter what lineup i set when in not only are you not motivated to set a proper lineup anymore to you know to not worry about your lineup your your actual motivation is to trade away the players yes. who who are going to lead to more potential points and trade them away at a discount and then you drop know? everyone else that you can't trade away because again mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going back to like Dan Arnold at the end of last season should have been on a roster somewhere because there was a couple of games where he caught a bunch of balls so yes in a deeply rostered league he should have been owned everywhere but if I'm the tanking team, that guy's just off my roster. I am having the minimum possible players and everyone else. Like, if you ask me, that's the bigger shift in advantage than anything else. I'm trading away every single person that can score points, in which case it's going to be harder 
to build my team back up because I'm not holding on to LaVisca Chenault. I'm not holding on to, man, even KJ Hamler. Like, I'm not holding on to these guys that may be able to catch a 60-yard touchdown because I don't want those 12 points on my potential points, in which case I am stripping my team down to 15 players because if you're making me set a lineup, that's kind of what I need, a replacement at every single position. And, and that's it. And to me, that's harder to come back from than just having a bad team and not starting the right guys. Like that's worse for the league because let's say this guy tries to tank, something goes wrong and he scores points and he gets the 103 instead of the 101. He's probably bailing. And then you're stuck with a team that, man, even Twitter probably wouldn't want. And that's that's rough. <laughs> like because you can find Twitter to take someone on Twitter to take any single team, but like you're inviting teams to just destroy the foundation of their team mm -hmm. and like oh cool they have like three th three first round picks like okay so they have like the 101 119 10 and 12 all right that's cool yeah I mean, this year it helps a little better because it's a bit of a deep first round but if this happens next year it's gonna suck and that's not gonna mean much there's not gonna be as much trade value in any of that so like it's just it seems like you're creating a worse time because you're not gonna be able to tie up every or plug, I should say, to fit the metaphor. You're not going to be able to plug every loophole. It's physically impossible and exhausting and not worth it. So, yeah. again... And there's, like, a, and there's a workaround. There's loopholes. <laughs> like, everywhere. That, everywhere. That's the most frustrating part. You you know, you... But, like, you, you... You plug these holes, and there's still... A, there's, uh, like, you just created another hole, essentially. Yeah. And, like, uh, one of my cousins plays fantasy football, and I love him as a human being. He is an asshole in fantasy football. He is that guy <laughs> that will read the rules to look for loopholes to the point where I said, this was like 10 years ago. I'm like, look, this is just a redraft league with my friends. If you're going to be like this, I'm kicking you out. Nice. Stop it. <laughs> and, and, and he stopped, but I think he talked to me about it because he wanted me to make my bylaws better. He's like, look, this is what I would have done. And I'm like, wow, that would have been a dick move, but I guess you're right. <laughs> like there, there's always going to be someone like, I mean, heaven forbid you put John Bosch in one of your leagues and you you have a loophole there. You're going to learn about it very quickly. <laughs> like it, it, it's a lot of it. It does. It shouldn't be as much work. Again, maybe if you're running a three hundred dollar league, and again, you shouldn't care if someone's ruining their team because that just helps your team get better. You know, you have a better chance at winning the money. Um, so let's stop making our arguments. Uh, another way to prevent tanking that's a little less extreme than potential points is doing a weighted lottery for the rookie picks. Mm -hmm. um, I used to have this in a couple of leagues and I got rid of it, but this uh, best way to describe is like the way NBA does their draft. The worst a team finishes, whether however you decide to measure it, whether it's by standings, by points, by all play, whatever, mm -hmm. the worse the team finishes, the more balls they get in, you know, names they get in the hat, balls they get in the bingo jar kind of thing. Uh, so if they come in last place, they get 10, you know, they come in next to last place, they get seven, that kind of thing. And then you literally just pick a name out of the hat and that's the order it comes in. We did in fact, in trade addicts three, the first year, the team that won one game, the entire season got the one Oh six. He had like five times the amount of names in the hat and still got the one Oh six. That doesn't help the worst team get better. And yeah. this he productive struggled and oh my God, you should see his team now. It's disgusting. But you know, back then it was all rookies. So it was bad. And then the next year it, it turns out he has Lamar Jackson and AJ Brown. And, but again, besides the point, damn it, Ben. Um, so, but like that is, that was the first thing I did when I was in a league with a friend where he's like, I'm worried about people tanking. And I'm like, well, the NBA does this, even though teams do tank. So why don't we just do that? And I'm like, and he was like, okay, that's fine. And the more it happened, the more I hated it. So I, I started weeding it out. And this year I finally just, I put it to a vote in the three trade addicts leagues that don't do reverse standings. And I feel like I may have just executive ordered it, even if it lost, but oh, thankfully they all won just to go to reverse standings. <laughs> because again, it's a GM thing. That's the biggest thing of what this is. It's, it's playing with people that are in with the spirit of your league. And I guess, again, I just got lucky with that. Um, but again, that's what tanking is. Tanking is you are worried that someone is going to do something so bad that it's going to make everyone else angry. 
is what it comes down to. <laughs> and, and you got to hope that you don't get that. And again, there are people that are like that. I know people that are like that. I've played with people that are like that. Thankfully, not in leagues I run, or at least in that one case, the one time I couldn't tell them, I could tell them to stop being an asshole. So that helps. Um, but uh, it's... If, if, if you run one league and you want to find that perfect competitive balance, more power to you. I don't have that in me. I, I, I just to put it out there. Um, I can't like, honestly, those are really the best ways. Potential points and the weighted lottery are the only ways I know of rookie draft wise to try and stop someone from tanking in the conventional manner of losing games on purpose. With the the weighted lottery, what what are you what all are you weighing? Is it just standings? At least it, me, that's what I did. I mean, there's yeah. you could do anything, whatever. If you want to do it by reverse potential points, if you want to do it by all player, like that's completely up to you. Whatever your system of measurement is, whoever's the worst gets the most names in the hat, and you yeah. know, down the line. I mean, I th- I think I, I've I've actually always felt this way that there's probably a system there like where where you weight kind of the right things for instance like oh, yeah. you know if you if if you happen to beat a a playoff contender you know late in the season you get you you know you get like an extra however many ping pong balls for instance <laughs> all play like, plus points for divided by win yeah, percentage that's uh, the thing like you times have losses have, you have to have a lot of inputs i think that there's a perfect system in there i just i like i wouldn't even know where to start for sure but like there's yeah like a, a lot of that type of stuff and 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 some of it's retroactive too like you know you you beat a team that uh you know that would have made the playoffs like you knocked them out of the playoffs like you get some you get even more ping pong balls for that um you, the part that i hate about weighted lotteries is you can't it's almost impossible to make a trade with your pick because you don't know the value of it yeah like let's say you have you came in second to last place and i'll be like all right look dude the probability is this could very well be the 101 102 because I have the mm-hmm. second most names in that, but it could be the one of six. So I'm going to value it at the one of six. Yeah. All right. Then I'm just not going to trade that. That's I've had that conversation many times and I hated it, you yeah. know, not knowing. And again, you could, at the end of the season, the second the regular season ends, you could do that lottery. Yeah. You could do that, but still you're cutting out half a season where you can tell, like if I'm a team that's like, all right, I'm not going to make the playoffs. So let me try and, you know, see what I can do. And you're trying, let's say you're just trying to acquire picks. Are you going to make that risk of what you have to trade away to get a potential 101 that could be the 106? Because again, I know it's anecdotal and the small sample size of seeing it once, but once is all it takes when you have to give up to what you have to give up for Trevor Lawrence and you end up with Najee Harris. Now, don't get me wrong. Najee Harris is great, but not on a rebuilding team where you wanted Trevor Lawrence. So like there's, that's such a huge swing for literally luck. That's what it is. It's, you know, that's that's all it is, is getting that 106 instead of the 101. Yeah. Because probabilities are just probabilities. It's not to say you are going to get it because you have the most names in the hat. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Another flawed system. So like to me, the the one system that actually exists that seems to work the best is what you do in trade addicts. <laughs> you know, it basically just I was actively tanking. You called me out on it and I stopped. Mm-hmm. I, what would have happened though? Like what's, you know, what are the disciplinary measures if I had continued to tank? Do you have any in place or? I have none in place because I haven't had to do it yet. Uh, The real answer is what would I have done? I guess. Well, first of all, I wouldn't, but nothing, I wouldn't be able to do anything to you during the season because it's not in the bylaws yet, but let's say you were a dick and kept doing it Mm -hmm. next year. I put in the bylaws probably, You'd name it after me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100% it would be the whole rule. <laughs> yep. um, especially because I read last last week, I think, whatever the hell we recorded that, in my bylaws it says if you tie in points for and your head to you know, standings and points for, you have to fight to the death. So, yes, clearly <laughs> I will tell you that I will name the, the rule after you. Um, let's see. Probably dropping your first to the end of the round. Mm-hmm. And then if you do it again, taking away your first. And if you do it again, you're out of the league. Yeah. 
I mean, that's probably, without really thinking about it, that's along the lines of what I would do because I'm trying to think of why you would keep going short of just being an ass about it. Because if you have the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and your pick is the 5, do you care if you still have the 1, 2, 3, 4, 12? Right. But that's... Um, it, it, it the only reason that I think this is you know this is important to talk about though is because that's people's quicksand nightmare, right? Like that's the reason that people are afraid of it. And nobody wants to kick anybody out, which is also the problem because that is super effing awkward. I've had to do it like once and I never want to do it again. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think a sliding scale, like you want them to look, if they tank, you say don't do it. They do it again you need to kick them out is really what it comes down to because they are just straight up disrespecting you as a commissioner. They are mm-hmm. telling you, I don't care that you told me I can't do it. I always give everyone the benefit of a doubt. Like I told, I told, I, I told you, I'm talking to you, but like I said before, the first thing I always do is, Hey man, everything. Okay. Because let's face it. I got two kids and that leads me to not always have time on Sunday morning. So there are times I set my lineup on Thursday and a lot of stuff changes and I don't get, I missed doing it Sunday morning. Like, you know, I had 36 leads at the time. Crap. I skipped over. Like I went to addicts three, four, seven, like, you know, crap. I didn't realize I missed a couple of leads. It's absolutely happened. So like, and and I will absolutely say, all right, just try not to do it again. You do it again. I'm going to have to treat it like it's a problem. And that's, you know, that's something we talked about like in the very beginning when it comes to inactivity and what to do. And it's sort of the same thing. You, you punish until you realize that nothing you punish them is going to change things. And when it's tanking, it's literally the second time you should be able to say, no, all right, you, you clearly don't care about the rules, then I'm just going to replace you. But I will give people the benefit of the doubt. I will give people enough chances as humanly possible to not have me make the tough decision of kicking someone out. That's really what it comes down to. So that's why there's that many steps. You know, I would not hate against saying, warning, taking away a first, kicking them out. And uh, clearly I've said it twice already. I, I'm not even beyond warning if it's obvious they do it again and they don't even have an excuse as to missing setting their lineups, they're gone. Yeah. If so, I think most people have that, you know, three strike system. Um, If you're, if you're going to do something like that, that's, that's kind of the way to do it. Like kind of escalate it. If, if they ultimately end up getting kicked out of the league, again, like, you know, we're going to go to the worst case scenario, kind of to the extreme because, that's what people are yeah, the most people afraid are worried about. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and play that out. Do they does that roster get its first round pick back once you've removed the GM? That's rough. Um part of me wants to say yes, because you're getting rid of the problem. So why punish the guy that's the person that's going to take over the team? Right. Especially if you're not uh, because tra- assuming no trades have been made with this idea in effect that they're getting the 105 instead of the 106, then yes. If no, if a trade has been made, you can't just put it back. Mm-hmm. That that's my problem. That that's the one like stipulation. Because like, if we say, all right, this dude had the 102 and he's gone, everyone shove your pick up one spot, and this guy got the 112. If I start making picks saying, look, I have the 105 and some guy purposely buys the 105 so he can get the last of that string of quarterbacks because it's the cheapest out of that tier, that's super shitty to punch him to the 106. So I I think you have to at least live with that. If you say I if you take it away, like if you have 11 first round picks, I think you tell people in your league if this guy gets kicked out and if we get a new GM that will turn into the 112. Yeah. Like trade your second round picks with the thought that they may be one pick further back. Just because you want to punish the GM, you don't want to punish the team. If the team leaves, if the the GM leaves, you don't want to punish the new one and you don't want to make it harder for them to get better. Well, I haven't necessarily thought it completely through with all the logistics of everything. That's what I'm sticking with. If you move it, you kind of have to, unless no trades have been made, in which case there's no harm in shoving it back in. But if you if you take it away, that that's kind of crappy for the new GM to not have their first with a tanking team. 
I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of, you know, kind of the, the disclaimer to everybody like, all right, so, you know, we just ripped this, you know, this, this GM's uh, first round pick from them for disciplinary reasons. There's a possibility that it comes back. So, you know, proceed with caution. Yeah. I guess like, if you have the, the, the rules laid out in your bylaws, in the beginning, then you could do whatever the hell you want, right? Like yeah. if you go into the season knowing if we kick someone out, their pick goes back to the original pick when we get the new GM, then yeah. that's on the that's on the other GMs already. Then that's not something you have to worry about. Then that's that's completely fine. Yeah. But this all comes back to my original, like you know, so how much a, work a have big... we talked about in the past 50 minutes? And when all of yeah. it could have just been like and, pushed and, aside by saying and again, like you. Like it just caused more problems, right? Like this is a this is pretty much the most innocuous measure that you can take to to prevent tanking is to say, you know, there's this three strike policy. It starts with a conversation with the commissioner. Most of the time, honestly, it's going to end there. Like that's all it's going to take. I have never um, gone further. I've had that conversation in the three or four years of TA leagues, twice, three times at most. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was, you know, with a guy, first of all, who is full on uh, like pro tanking, but and lazy and didn't read the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other. Yeah. Did not read the rules at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but like even then, like, you know, I, I like I I easily could have said something along the lines of like I. I legitimately thought that that lineup could win, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, it's hard to argue against that. So like, it's, it's kind of been best case scenario for you with, with, you know, the most tame kind I will of always, always measure. admit I am insanely lucky when it comes to commission leagues, insanely yeah. lucky again except for my cousin who's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you also create really good relationships and I think that that that's what it comes right down there to. is yeah. kind of the like that's the measure, right? It, I, if if you uh, but like you said like and we talked about it a little when we talked about the bylaws and you know ha- and we talk about it every once in a while when you try to talk about activity and you know how you can't force it but if you go in saying hey look this is the point of this league. This is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you get people that don't fit in that, then that's reason enough to get rid of them. Like if you're being an a-hole in the trade addicts leagues, I'm going to take you aside and be, look, man, you're missing the point. Yeah. When I asked you to be in this league, the first thing I told you was this league is about fun. If you're here and tra- of course, I'm not talking about trash talking. That is absolutely allowed because that's fun. <laughs> but like, if you're legitimately being mean, which we've had, mm-hmm. like I tell, them, like, look, maybe this, and they've left because I'm like, look, maybe this isn't for you because you're kind of missing the point of this, yeah. like, and that's what it comes down to: get in people's head when they join the league that this, this is the point, this is what we're aiming for. So, and when if you do that, you fill it with the right people, you don't have to worry about this stuff. And I know that's hard. I know, again, so lucky. I've been so lucky with the people that came into my leagues. But like you said, at least nowadays. People know who I am when I'm trying to build a league. They know, mm-hmm. I assume, by taking three looks at my Twitter timeline and see that it's all animal videos and me complaining about my daughter being a complete bitch. That, you know, <laughs> and yes, she's five and I'm allowed to say that. It's my daughter. Um, like, like you know that I, I, I don't take this so seriously, that I'm here for a little bit of the fun. And, you know, you listen to my show and you hear how much of a fake ass I am and stuff like that, you know. That it, it, you're right. It, it brings a certain kind of person to you. Now, now, I'm not saying that you need a Twitter presence or a, a, a podcast to have the right kind of people join your league, but yeah. you can fill 12, 11 spots because there's, you know, you easily on Twitter these days. Yeah. DM me, say, hey, I'm trying to fill this league. I will just tell you, tweet out the specifics, paste it in here. I will retweet it. Guarantee you're going to fill half that league. Mm-hmm. just because there's people and the kind of people that, you know, I have the word addicts in my, in my podcast. So the people that follow me have that little bit of thing where they need to join things. So like, but the thing is, if you can get 15 people that are interested in your league, don't just fill, don't just take the first 12, mm-hmm. look at people's Twitter, talk to them, you know, try and fill it with the right people. There's nothing, 
wrong with saying sorry man the league got filled up you know it, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with saying sorry i just i don't think you're the right fit it's awkward i get it and i hate it i hate people not liking me <laughs> and that will obviously lead to someone usually not liking you so it's really a freaking hard conversation to have but what's isn't it worth it to have an awesome freaking fantasy football league? Like the thing you created to have fun in. And we are going for 55 minutes when we said this was going to be easily the shortest show ever. <laughs> um, so like it, it's really everything. Find the sweet spot for your league. But every single show we've had, at least at one point or another, said it comes down to the GMs in your league. So pick them. Do your best to find the right people. And you will you won't have to go through all of this. Like to be, I can tell you that ninety percent of the people in the trade addicts leagues have never once in the four years of the leagues read the damn bylaws. Guarantee you, because the people still ask me questions. It's like, dude, this is the fourth year in uh, that you're in this league. How do you not know the rules by now? Because no one pays attention. They just kind of ride it out and keep it going. And when they have a question, they ask the commissioner which means 90% of my leagues don't know that tanking's against the rules. It's just they haven't done it because they're not asses. Well, mm-hmm. some of them are. They're just not in that way, I guess. But <laughs> like, it's that's just kind of the way to handle it is fill it with the right people so you don't have to worry about this stuff. And yeah, every once in a while, you're going to run into a situation where your vague bylaws like mine that just say pretty much don't be a dick are going to come into question. But usually if you fill it with the right people, it's a seriously easy conversation like i literally messaged john and said you're not allowed to tank he said oh shit sorry and it never happened again yeah like and the other very similar hey man sorry in the rules you're not allowed to tank they're like well all i did was this i'm like it says in the bylaws you got to set a competitive lineup putting christian mccaffrey on your bench is not saying competitive lineup all right sorry won't do it again and it never happens again so again surrounding you know in life surround yourself with the right people and you don't get yourself in trouble fill your league with the right people and again it's not always easy it's not always going to work out i've had shitty people join my league and either they leave because they realize that this isn't the right place for them or i ask them i'm like look reevaluate if this is the right league for you because you're trying to do something that no one else is trying to do and it's just hurting everything why like you're why do you want to do that to a league you know go join somewhere else where you'll fit in better and that was a really freaking hard conversation because I'm terrified of human beings. And I've never, I didn't know, I don't even know if I knew this person's real name or if I just knew their Twitter handle. I know I've never met them in real life and I probably will never meet them in real life. But it was still a really weird conversation to have. <laughs> but the league is so much better for it. Like, yeah. it, it's just the honest truth. It's kind of what you bite off when you decide to run a league. Yeah. I, man, that's such a, it's, it's a pretty good place to wrap it up honestly yeah. like that's a good bow on top of this whole thing um just kind of anecdotally just something that i want to add though like i mean so i just had to kick somebody out of the out of out of a league um and uh, out of the vampire league and um you know it's because i i just i can't i can't coexist with that person you know <laughs> essentially um, but like, even then, like, the, like, this is a person that I just legitimately cannot get along with and it doesn't have anything to do with that league per mm-hmm. se. It's it. I mean, it's like what really kind of happened is outside of the league. Um, and, and, but even without that person, I still was able to have a conversation with them before that, because it was, it was also somebody who was just kind of looking for loopholes, looking for, you know, asterisks and, and, you know, things that were, that were missing in the bylaws and stuff and trying to exploit it. And I was able to have that conversation and, and say, you know, I don't know if this is the right league for you. Like this is like, this is a way more, you know, laid back league than, than what you're obviously looking for. I, I don't have complete bylaws like you're looking for. So, you know, the, the spirit of the league you know, that's the words to, I couldn't think of the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> back, back to the back to episode one of the sweet spot. You know, the 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 letter of the law isn't necessarily there, but the spirit 
of the law, the spirit of the league is what we're trying to, what we're going off of here. And if you can't operate within that, then, you know, it's probably time to look for another league. And to his credit, as much as I don't like the guy (laughs) and as, as much as I felt like ultimately I had to kick him out of the league for other reasons, but to his credit, when we had that conversation, it, it was, it was, you know, I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, um, you know, to operate within the spirit of the law, um, in lieu of the letter of the law, essentially. So, you know, it was, it was a very productive conversation. The, the, you know, the quicksand nightmare, like you said, like it doesn't actually affect us as, (laughs) as much as we thought it would, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that rarely, rarely happens. So don't, legislate with the idea that this is going to happen because the truth of the matter is it's probably not. Nope. All right. All well, right. I look forward to our show an our hour long show on the toilet bowl next. I week know. Because <laughs> like, no matter I almost, what we try and do. I almost snuck that one in just because like, I, I know that we could talk toilet bowl for a full hour. I just don't want to. Does anyone, does anyone <laughs> want to hear that? No. <laughs> but we'll, we'll sneak that one in somewhere. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just call this one, uh, wrapped up and, uh, put it in the can and, uh, yeah, we'll adjourn the meeting of the commissioner's office and pound the gavel.